today we're going to talk about a subject that I believe is very important for everyone, and it was it's going to help everyone, I believe. How many of you, other than the church's goals, how many of you um, had a set forth a goal for yourself or your family or your job, anything in 2009? How, how many of you did that? Okay, most people, okay, good. Well, the title of the message today is How to Be Successful at Anything. How to Be Successful at Anything. And I think it's, a, 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 you know, it's important. And if you, if, if really, let's say that you found out this was really true, which I believe it is, uh, then you could actually... Uh, sell this, and, and don't you know that most people would want to buy? Because everybody wants success. I don't care what, because I said it anything. You know, most people want success. So let's find out a little bit. Let's open up Bibles if you have it, or look at the screen here for Zechariah. Let's look at uh, Zechariah chapter 3. And Zechariah was, he, he's a prophet in the time of uh, Nehemiah, when they, when they were building the temple. And Zechariah and I believe Haggai, they were prophesying and they encouraged the people to uh, finish the building of the temple because it was stopped. Then he showed me, this is verse 1, chapter 3, showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. Now some people uh, believe that Joshua uh, was not... um, Worthy to be the high priest, and 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 others, I'll say this is a really a type of Israel, which it is. It's a type of Israel, and Joshua represents Israel, and Satan always wanted to accuse Israel, and God was ready to uh, change things around for Israel, and I believe He wants to change. Th- I know He wants to change things around for us also. And so uh, as we look at this, just imagine yourself in a courtroom. And you see Joshua standing there. You see an angel. He's standing before the angel. And you see Satan standing in his right hand to accuse him. And let's find out what happened. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now, uh, when it's a brand plucked from the fire, it's talking about really they just got out of Babylonian captivity, exile. They, they were there and they came back uh, to they let some go back to Jerusalem to, to uh, uh, build the temple to live there if they wanted to. And so this is the rest of it says now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments standing before the angel. And that's one reason why Satan wanted to accuse him, because he was, he was standing with filthy uh, clothes on. And uh, Israel was, of course, not right. They went into captivity because they weren't right, and they still were not right. And, uh, but we are not either, are we? We're not perfect, you know, as far as without fault. Uh, but this is what uh, God says. He said, he spoke and said to those who were standing before him, saying, remove the filthy garments. From him 
Again he said to him, See, I have taken your iniquity away from you and will clothe you in festive robes. That's a cleansing and restoration. Then he said, Let them put on a clean turban on his head so that they, uh, they put this clean turban on his head. And that was Zechariah who asked that. And they put the clean turban on his head uh, with the garments while the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua saying, and this is what I believe he's saying to us today. If you will walk in my ways, and if you will perform my service, then you will also govern my house and also have charge over my courts. And I will grant you free access among these who are standing here. Now, I believe the Lord is telling us that, that if we would just do what he asked us to do, and he's given us some things to do, then, then we will receive all the blessings, all that he has for us, he wants to release to us, and he's saying, will you now, I've, I've, I've taken you out of the power of darkness. I've translated you to the kingdom of, 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 um, of my dear son. I have uh, really put us in a, in a good place. We used to be in a, in, a, in a, not a good place. He put us in a good place. He, he, matter of fact, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You see? Uh, we are really the apple of his eye. See, we're the spiritual Israel, and we're the apple of Zion. In Revelation chapter 22, let's turn there. It tells us in, in uh, verse 6, And he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And behold, I am coming quickly. This is Jesus talking. Blessed is he who heeds the words of this prophecy. And then in verse 12, it says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. Render to every man according to what he has done. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things. For the churches, I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. In verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. I'm coming quickly, he says. Come, Lord Jesus. Now, they really knew that Jesus was coming. And they believed he was coming at any time. Do we really have that mentality that we believe that Jesus is coming at any time? You see, because if, if, and I believe that most of us don't believe that he's coming at any time. I believe that we believe that, that, you know, he might come maybe 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years from now, but surely he's not coming in my lifetime. Well, we don't know that. He could come tomorrow. He could come tonight. He can come in the next six seconds. He can come. And we don't know that. And we should be saying, come, Lord Jesus, come, because we want him to come. Because this is the second coming and all good things are going to be taking place. See? Because if we are living and he comes, then we'll be, we'll be caught up in the air with him. Oh, it's going to be a marvelous time. You see? So what we want to say is that, now, God, if you're coming in a time, you know, uh, Jesus Christ, then what, how should we be living our life if he's coming at any time? And let's say that even if he doesn't come for the next hundred years, 200 years. None of us are going to be here anyway. And therefore, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if we're, if we're, if we're his, if we're not his, 
to be absent from the body is not so good. Okay? So we want to make sure that we have given our lives to Jesus Christ. Uh, at any time you hear a salvation message, any time you hear good news, you should want to get in on the good news. So there's a lot of bad news out there, but we want to get in on the good news. I say that we have no reason not to be successful, not one. I mean, we can be successful because we have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Jesus Christ is the head of the body. And we are the body of Christ. And so what, what should we be a failure at, really? What should we be a failure at if he is the King of Kings? Did Jesus ever fail at anything? No, he didn't. Well, how can your body fail at anything if your head doesn't fail? Because the head controls the body, doesn't it? So if your head is going in the way of Jesus, your body going to go in the way of Jesus. And so I believe that we are, uh, we are, we are, are, are positioned to succeed at anything. You say, okay, that sounds good, but oh, I don't know about all that. Well, let's, um, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's go there. Because in Deuteronomy, it's a great chapter, and I like this part. I like the first of the first 14 chapters, 14 verses. I like that because they are blessings. I like blessings, you know. And he starts off in verse 1, says, Now it shall be if you, if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I am commanding you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. See, I don't care whether you read the Old Testament, just the law. I don't care whether you read the prophets, which Zechariah, he told, he told Joshua the same thing. Joshua, he, 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 he admonished Joshua, hey, look, I want you to do what I asked you to do. If you do what I asked you to do, then you're going to have free access to those who are around you. You're going to do what, you, you're going to be, a, you're going to be blessed, Joshua. He's saying the same thing here. And he's saying the same thing in Revelations that we're supposed to be blessed. He gave the vision to, uh, John. He says, look, uh, tell him what, what I said. And he, he told every church, look, all you had to do is straighten up this little thing that's out of order, and you are go, we're, you're going for it because he who have ears to hear it says, hear what the Spirit of the Lord says, because he wanted to bless them. He wanted to bless them. God wants to bless us. He doesn't want us uh, to fail at anything. Now, of course, we know that what the world thinks is failure is not really failure, because the world thought that Jesus had failed. His, his disciples thought he had failed. Because he was going to the cross. They thought, that oh, man, he's going to bring the, 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 the kingdom in. Uh, where are you going, Jesus? Uh, see, what Jesus knew, what they didn't know, that you're going to have to die to bring forth a vision. You know, you had to do it. And it goes on to say, if, if we just learn to do, the Old Testament says, so, he said, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country, blessed shall you be, and it's like the county of Amherst, the Bedford, uh, Campbell County, you know, Nelson County, doesn't matter what county you're in, no matter what country you're in, you're going to be blessed. Blessed shall you be, your offspring or your body be, the producer of your ground, your offspring. And I, I, I like to change that, you know, because we're not an agricultural community. I like to, because we're an industrial community and technology, computer, you know, computers and all those type of things. I said, man, you're you, you going to bless me on, on, you know, any job I have, you're going to bless me everything. I set my hands 
hands to you. You're going to bless when it says, bless you, your basket and your kneading bowl, your kneading bowl be. Well, he's, he's talking about your food, you know. He said, bless shall you be when you come in. Bless shall you be when you go out. And he said, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and they shall flee uh, before you seven ways. And, and Satan definitely is our enemy. And it says the Lord will command these blessings. He said he will command these blessings upon you and your bonds. And in your, and I like to substitute bonds for, you know, your, your checking account, you know, your savings account, you know, and having an investment. He said, a blessing we lay your hands on your checkbook. So you said, you said it'll be blessed, Lord. He's supposed to be blessing this thing, you know. When you give offering, you're supposed to be laying your hands on it. So Lord, you said you could be blessing this. You said you'll multiply it. And see, investments is very important because, um, uh, you should be investing and in, in where you're going to get 30 times what you put in. You should be investing where you get 60 times what you put in. You should be investing where you get 100 times what you're going to put in. And the world system doesn't have it. It doesn't have it, you see. But God has it. And he says that you put your, you put your treasures where, where I tell you, tell you to put it, and I'll make sure it doesn't matter about the economy. I'm going to give you what you need. And he says here in verse 9, said, The Lord will establish you as, as a holy people to himself, as he swore, you, swore to you. And if you will keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, so that all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And that's, that's what the, the world should be afraid of, the church of the living God. It should be. They shouldn't be uh, uh, telling somebody, something, well, you know, you need to... Uh, those, those uh, pastors who are coming to the inauguration, make sure they don't pray. They shouldn't be praying. And make sure he don't say, you know, uh, uh, use God's name in there, so help me God. Don't put that in there. You know, that's offensive. Oh, come on. He should be afraid to say something like that, you know. Afraid the earth will open up or something, you know. The church is supposed to be, you know, uh, uh, ones who carry the blessings of God. Lord says in verse 11, the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. That prosperity is you should have leftovers. Leftovers. <laughs> How many of you at the end of the month, you have leftovers in your finances? Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? You know? Most times, you know, you know, the month, you know, uh, it's still going and our money has gone, you know? But I want to have some leftovers. It said that's what he said. He says that, uh, in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your beasts, of the, of the produce of the ground, and, and the land which you, the Lord swore your fathers will give you, the Lord will open up for you the storehouse, the heavens, and that means the rain and stuff like that, so that their produce will grow. And we just need them to, to, to uh, open up the mind of our employers to say, hey, give that man more money. Give that woman more money. That's what we need. Don't, don't, we, don't, don't we want raises? And if you're an employer, you know, and you have employees, you need to be giving them more money, you see? Everybody say amen? Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> it says in verse 13, it says, The Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath if you listen to the commandments of the Lord that he charged you today and observe to do them. I don't hear in this Old Testament law any failure. I don't hear it. I hear blessings. I hear success. But it's contingent upon what he told Joshua back in Zechariah, do what I asked you to do. That's what he said. Okay, now, God has given us things to do. Let's find out what we need to do to be successful in 2009. With that that you said, that you have made personal commitments that you want to do better. 
in 2009. And we made it up as a church also. Number one. Number one. What do I mean by success? Before I give you number one. What do I mean by success? What I mean by success is not what the world means. I mean by success is that uh, we attain our desired end that God has for us. We obtain our desired end that God has for us. If we have goals that God doesn't have for us, then they need to fail. Okay? We're not interested in succeeding in what God has told us doesn't need to succeed. We need to be succeeding at that which God tells us this needs to succeed. What I mean by anything, I mean that there are many areas in our lives that we should be succeeding in that are just personal things, uh, really, that God is in God's word. Our mind, what does he want our mind to do? Be renewed, right? How about our thoughts? He wants our thoughts to be like his thoughts. He wants to bring the thoughts that we have from the enemy under control, right? Our words, what do he want our words to be? His words, the same as him. Confess his word, agree with his words. He doesn't want us speaking just our idle words. How about our eating habits? How does he want us to eat? He wants to eat in a, such a, a manner that it will, will maintain our temple until we finish the work that he has given us to do so he can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. If we get taken out beforehand because of our eating habits, that's not what God wants. And he has standards for our eating in, in the Bible. How about our weight? Does he have any standards for our weight? Sure he has standards for our weight, you know. He has standards that we need to have a weight such that we can uh, carry out the things that he wants us to carry out without huffing and puffing, without, you know, doing anything because we might have to run with horses, you know. Yeah, we might have to run with horses. How about our time? He wants our time to be redeemed, doesn't he? Yes. Okay, let's look then at number one, how to succeed at anything. Number one, you must have a passion, a passionate, uh, I mean a passionate desire to have more of what God has for us than what we have now. Okay? We must have a passionate desire to have more, more now of what God has for us in our life. See, because God has more, I believe, than what we're living. I believe. Because what we see in this word, a lot of time is not happening in our life. And it's not happening in the church. I don't care what church you go to, it's not happening like it is in the Bible. We get, we, we're getting a trickle. We're getting a trickle, you know. But we're not getting what we're supposed to have. I believe. Because no need to write the thing if it's not going to be true. And we already read that it's true. What's number one? A passionate desire for more of what God has for us than what we're living right now. That's number one. If you don't have a passionate desire, if you, if you, all you want to do is be laid back, you know, kick your feet up. Well, you know, uh, I have enough. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm better than most people. You know, I have enough to eat. I got a bed to sleep on. I got a job. I'm satisfied. God has never called, never called a Christian 
to be that way. We should be never satisfied that we don't want to do anything else for God. We should be content where we are, meaning that we should accept where we are as we're going forward. Because there are always more souls to be saved. There are always more people to be helped. And so we should be always looking for what God has for us to do. There is no retirement in the kingdom. When you retire, you should be in a casket. Okay? That's when it's over. That's number one now. Have a passionate desire. Number two. I have 12 things. And we're going to, uh, who is that say? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> we have 12 things, but I'm going to get to three today. And then I'll continue next week. You know, if Jesus tarried. <laughs> okay. Number two <clears throat> is that we must be determined to change whatever is out of God's order. We need to be determined to change whatever is out of God's order. And we'll pray and ask God, what does he want us to change for 2009? That's what I had to do for the congregation. That's what I had to do for my life. So it's what God prioritized because God's not going to have us work on everything at one time because we've got too many things that need to be, you know, kind of straightened up just a little bit. Not that we are, you know, terrible. It's just that everybody needs a little, you know, adjustment. Must be determined to change. What's number one? What's number two? Okay. Now you know I could talk on in one of these for the whole message. Uh, let's go to number three. So you, you think you know if I said twelve? See you know. <laughs> number three, the last one. We're gonna we're gonna camp out here for the next five minutes at least, number three, because I believe it's most important. Number three is that you must know, I mean, you got to know, know that you know that you know, that it, you're going to have to sacrifice and it's going to hurt. you got to know it. If you don't know that, see, you'll be deceived. And at, at number three, most people give up. That's why a lot of people don't make New Year's resolu- resolutions anymore that's in the church. You know, because most people know that, and there's no way in the world that I want to fail another year. Because that used to be the thing to do when we were younger, to make these New Year's resolutions. And it lasts probably all of January. And that's about it, you know. Because when we hit number three, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I'm passionate about, you know, what God has for me, and I want all that he has. And I'm determined that I'm going to straighten up those things that, that he wants us to straighten up. But then when I get to number three, I said, oh, you know, I said, I know it's going to, I know I'm going to have to sacrifice. I mean, it doesn't take a, a wizard to know that. You know, it doesn't take a Jesus to know that. It doesn't take, you know, a, a, a grown person to know that. Any child knows it's going to take some sacrifice. And they know it's going to hurt a little bit. And, and, and we have this saying in the world, say, it's no gain without pain. And uh, what we say is no gain without just a teeny, winny, winny, winny bit of pain. We don't want a lot of pain. I can't stand pain. And, and I'm serious. I can't stand pain. I, I don't know how you women do it with birth. I have no idea, you know. Uh, I think 
most of us as men, we would have died, you know, because it's just, you know, it, you know it's got to be hard. Got to be hard. So we fail at this one. Why do we fail? We don't realize. We don't realize the, the extent of what sacrifice is and what extent that God, extent that God is calling us to hurt. You see, because I, I, I believe we know that Jesus didn't just, it was just a little bit, a bit, a bit of sacrifice. Little, little bit of pain. I hope we don't know that. I hope we don't believe that. I hope we know that it was great sacrifice for Jesus to go to the cross. You know? Just a little bit of a taste that was in the, in the, uh, we saw about it in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, you know, come on now. Come on. I know you know for somebody to nail some, some, some nails in your hand, I know you don't believe Oh, you know, what they probably did is gave him some Novocaine, so, you know, it didn't hurt him, you know? <laughs> no, 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 didn't have it. Didn't have it. It's got to hurt. And these were not just little bitty pen and nails, you know? Woo! Man, I've seen some railroad tied nails, you know, those things they put in, in, uh, on the railroads, you know? Whew, those are some big things, man, you know? I don't know how big those nails were, but I know it's got to hurt, you know? Uh, have, have you ever gotten a needle in the doctor's office? Did it hurt? Yeah, it hurt, you know. Yeah, it hurt. No doubt about it, you know. That's where we stop at. That's where we give up at. Any athlete knows that uh, a good athlete knows that uh, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to sacrifice. There's no way possible that you're going to be the best you can be without sacrifice. And everyone knows you can't do it by yourself. No way you can do it by yourself. You've got to have somebody to push you beyond what you think you can go. And it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Death to self hurts. It really does. Let's look at Galatians. Uh, not Galatians, but um, Isaiah 50. Let's look there, Isaiah 50. And Isaiah 57 uh, 50 verse 7, it gives us a little indication there of what the Lord said he'll do. The Lord, God helps me. Therefore, I'm not disgraced. I'm not harmed, in other words. Therefore, I have set my face like flint. Flint is a hard rock. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. You know, Jesus set his face like flint that he's going to the cross. He's going. We're going to have to set our face like flint that we're going to achieve the objectives that we have set for. And I don't care how much it hurts. I don't care how much sacrifice I have to make. We are going to succeed in this goal. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. In Galatians uh, 2, 19 and 21, it says, for, though, for through the law I died to the law that I might live to God. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Verse 21 says, I do not nullify the grace of God. Let's stop there. God has given you grace to achieve 
the objectives that we set forth, the mission for 2009 for the church. He's given us grace to do that. If you have prayed and asked God, what do you want me to do in 2009 more for you than I did in 2008? If he gives you something, he has given you already grace to get it done. Grace is like a, uh, and I've never been on one, but I've seen it on TV, uh, like a, a boat with a sail. You know, they put up a sail. And it's like, grace is like that wind behind it. And it, it just pushes you. Without wind, you're not going anywhere. But it's grace, grace will carry you. Grace is already gone before you. It's not going to be in turbulent waters. Grace is what we need. Grace is what God has already given. But grace is not going to do it for you. You're going to have to do it yourself. And so therefore, we're going to have to break strongholds that keep us from, uh, keep us having bad habits. See, we've, 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 we've developed some bad habits that will keep us from our goals. We have. And we had to break those bad habits. We had to create some good habits. Sometimes we have good things that are, uh, that we do that is bad for achieving an objective that God has for you. And a lot of good things. Uh, uh, first, second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in the, in the uh, revised, the, the New American Standard says arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing it all the to captivity to the obedience of God. Now what God is saying here is that we have casting down imagination and reasonings. We have reasonings that will keep us from our goal. You've, you, you, I mean, oh, you've used them. I've used them. You know? Oh, yeah. And let's take a common one, because a common one in America, America probably spend more money on, uh, probably fitness, exercise, diets, and things like that than, than probably most people. And it's okay. Okay? Uh, and, and they say that they want to increase physical education, make sure that the kids are getting are physically fit because most kids are overweight. Matter of fact, half America probably is overweight or more. And we know that. That's why we, we are trying to do what we do in fitness. But let me tell you, exercise, it does profit a little bit. It does. But godliness profited in all things. It really does. And so we should have spiritual objectives even before we have these uh, natural objectives. And a good thing is to go to the gym and spend a couple of hours, you know. That's a good thing to get your body in shape. But it's not a good thing if your spiritual life is very low. It's not good. It's better to, it's better, you know, it's better to spend, spend five minutes in physical exercise and a couple of hours in, spirit, in the spirit realm, and I guarantee you, your way to take care of yourself and your fitness. Because God's not going to allow you to be out of shape. I'm telling you, you can do more in five minutes sometimes than, than people can do in an hour. Yeah. Through God. Let's go over the first one. The first one is be passionate. Passionate in our desire to achieve the life that God has us to achieve. 
number two is be determined that we're going to change those things in our life that are not according to God's standard. And number three, we're going to, uh, we want to know that it's going to, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. We're going to have to sacrifice. How in the world are we going to achieve our spiritual objectives if we don't sacrifice? Hmm? You can talk to almost anybody in any congregation, and I guarantee you, you'll be able to count on one hand the number of people that spend an hour a day before God in any one, in, in one congregation. I don't care how big the congregation is. I don't care where you're talking to the pastor. I don't care where you're talking to the custodian. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. It's the same thing. Why is that? Because it takes effort. You have to sacrifice to do it. I call it planned neglect. You know, you got to do it. Now, some of the reasons that come uh, are to play, let's go back to, like, uh, diet, weight, things like that, because I've been overweight uh, the majority of my life. I've been overweight. For the last 18 years, I haven't, but uh, before that time, uh, I was overweight, so that's the majority of my life because I'm 61. So I know what I'm talking about. And I know that uh, you don't feel good. I know you want to do it, but you just, uh, when you get to that, number three, sacrifice pain. You don't do it. You don't do it. You give up at that point. You tell yourself, well, you know, this is Christmas. Right, we we go for these things that uh, people tell us, you know, uh, you know, see somebody like uh, uh, the Osborne lady. I don't know what's her first name. You know, you know the Osborne is, huh? What's what's her name? Marie Osborne. Yeah, Marie Osborne. Yeah, okay, okay, Marie Osborne. Absolutely. Uh, so you get up there and say, oh, you can eat all this. You got all this stuff to eat, and and see how much weight I lost. You know. <laughs> uh, we always want something for nothing, you know. Uh, most people that lose, they gain it back. You know, they really do. And they're looking, looking for something easy to do. There are weight uh, programs that people have lost weight eating 10 times a day. Smaller meals, you know, 10 smaller meals. I can tell you that I've tried most things, and I can tell you, the thing work the thing thing that works is to go before God and ask God what He wants you to do, and and God will tell you what He wants you to do. You might not want to hear it, but it, but uh, don't expect to lose, uh, you know, twenty thirty pounds when it took you twenty years to gain it. It just doesn't happen overnight. You know, it doesn't happen in a month. You know, and people want to do that. And I try to encourage people: won't you lose uh, one pound a month? One pound a month is not worth it. Oh yes, it is. Because you, what you're trying to develop is a lifestyle, you see. And one pound a month will give you two years. It'll give you 24 pounds. Four years will give you 48 pounds, you know. And, and I guarantee you, most people gain weight, they, they gain it over a long period of time. And I say if you lose it over a long period of time, you'll stay the same for the rest of your life because your habits will be, you, know, you don't have these drastic habits. Uh, if you eat 10 times a day, and if you ever go off that thing, uh, our stomach secretes something. Uh, I don't know what this thing is, but uh, some type of juice that, that if you, if, like I'm used to eating lunch and dinner. And so breakfast, I don't get hungry. 
But if I eat breakfast, I'm just as hungry at lunch as if I never eaten a, eaten a, eaten a, a morsel. Because my stomach already tells me at lunch I'm hungry. I mean, it, it, it hits you. Has it ever hit anybody else besides me? And you're hungry, you know? I'm hungry at dinner. Now, I used to eat breakfast and dinner and skip lunch. And I, was, I wasn't ever hungry at lunch. But then I changed over. And it took me, psycho, took sacrifice and hurt to get so that my stomach would adjust to not eating breakfast. It's going to hurt. When I start losing weight, people ask me, what did you do? What did you do? Uh, what kind of exercise program are you on? I said, I just danced before God. They said, that's all? I used three songs. You remember Trading the Sorrows? You remember that song? I used, used the three of those songs in a row. And all I do is jump up and down before God, you know, praise him uh, during my uh, praise time. And that's all I ever did, exercise-wise. Uh, but eating-wise, I changed my eating habits. And so, how many of you know if you eat less, you're going to gain less weight? How many know that? <laughs> uh, I went to the doctor the other day. Uh, I went, matter of fact, I went uh, the 10th of December, something like that. Then I went again about, this, about uh, January or something. And, and the nurse waved me. She said, oh, you lost six pounds. Boy, I wish I had your secret, you know. No, you probably don't wish you had my secret of what I do, you know, because I, I had a tooth extracted and I couldn't eat. <laughs> <That's what. laughs> and, and then, you know, that's all oh, my goodness gracious. My goodness. And, and so I, I started eating a little camel soup and stuff like that, high sodium. But I started eating that stuff. And, and you know, I didn't eat, I didn't eat any uh, sweets over, I ate just a little sweets over, over Christmas holidays uh, because I was trying to get rid of my cold, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, destroy my immune system when I'm trying to build a thing up. Uh, so I had to make some sacrifice. And don't you know, if you know, if you know my household, when Ivy cooks some sweets, brother, you know, and, and, and Brandon makes these peach cobblers, I can eat a whole peach cobbler without no problem, without any problem at all. But I, I eat it, you know, I eat some at lunch, I eat some at dinner, I eat some before I go to bed, and within a couple of three days, it's gone. I can eat it all at one time. Uh, I can do a cake like that. I eat a whole pineapple cake, you know, one honk at a time, not slice, honk at a time. I eat a little bit at a time. That's that, that, that's how I am. Okay, so for me to to not do that was painful. It was painful. When I first started losing weight, when I left Glass in 1990, uh, what happened is that um, I I would get so hungry that I I would go to bed real early to keep from hurting. I'm serious. But after a period of time, after a period of time, my body got adjusted, you see. So what am I telling you that for? I'm telling you that there's going to be some pain, there's going to be some sacrifice that you have to make. In order for me to be in this word, to do all the things I'm doing in this word, I have to make some sacrifices, you see. And I watched a game the other day, I guess the, uh, the NCAA uh thing with, with uh, the two teams that, that were supposed to be vying for number one. Uh, I can watch TV, and I hadn't watched a, a game fully uh, like that in a long time, probably about since 1990. And I could get into that thing, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. 
and I can watch, you know, uh, TV, and we have some uh, uh, great channels up there. We have uh, the, I think it's a uh, Turner Classic Network or something like that. We have some, we get all classic mu- uh, uh, movies and stuff. I can watch TV for four hours sit there. But God said, hey, look, if you're going to do the things I have you to do, don't get used to doing that. What I want you to do, shut it down and just get in the Word. And so I was doing that before, and so for two months I've been, uh, since, I say two months, yeah, two months I've been, you know, kind of veering a little bit from that. I still spend about eight hours a day in the Word, but the problem is that the four hours I'll spend was still not helping me. And God wants me to help, wants to help me. So my mentor called me and said, I want you to uh, 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 buy this book and read it. Oh, man, that's going to take away TV time, you know. And, <laughs> and so and he called me the other day uh, and said, look, I got three more books, you know. And so uh, I, I've already read two of them. And I said, I said man, this is, this is hurting me, you know. This is big-time sacrifice. Do you know how hard it is to get in, in, in my office from probably about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, on to uh, 5 o'clock, and then eat something, and then go, in your, you can go back in your office and start reading, then get in bed and read, and then have to be asleep by 9 o'clock or 9.30, because so, you got to get up at 5.30 so you can start praying. Do you know how painful that is? It's a big-time sacrifice, okay? There's no room for stuff. No room for stuff, you see. And I'm telling you that the reason why most of us are not successful is because we will not sacrifice to the point we need to sacrifice and we will not hurt to the extent it needs to hurt. Guarantee you. And, you know, I told people, hey, if you want, if you want a fitness coach, I can get you, I can get you about 50 pounds off you, you know. Nobody ever takes me up on it. You know, I don't know why, you know. Because I guess they figured that I'm going to be hard on them. They don't want to hurt. So they tell me about all these nice things they're doing, you know. Uh, I tell my daughters, hey, hey, I, I, got, a, I got a way that, that you can do that. Stop eating. <laughs> no, uh-uh, no, that's not no way. You're not supposed to skip a meal. Matter of fact, they say you're supposed to eat little small portions between meals. Who in the world going to eat six, seven, eight times a day? You know, no way, okay? You're going to have to hurt. You're going to have to hurt, 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 and sacrifice. Now, how many of you made goals for, for 19, for 2000, 2009? How many made some goals in? Raise your hand again. Okay, let's hold your hand on that. You know, some of you must already got rid of your goal, you know. If you will sacrifice and hurt, sacrifice and hurt, sacrifice and hurt, you can do almost anything, okay? You can achieve that success. Along with the other, I'm going to give you about nine I'll give you next week. Do you still love me? How many are ready? How many are ready to sacrifice? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> how many are ready to really sacrifice? Now I'm talking about really sacrifice. Because these goals that I gave you, don't you think that if you haven't been already doing this stuff, don't you think it's gonna be easy? In order to do this stuff. Don't you believe that you're going to have to spend time? I have cars right here that uh, we're supposed to be doing. Like, it takes, it, it's, it's an effort to memorize scripture. So I had to take these cars around with me. We're supposed to be praying for the lost. 
You know, people that, that God put in your life. You got to keep them on the call. You got to pray for them. You got to be thinking about that stuff when you get some time, see. And instead of picking up a magazine or something, then pick up this, you know. And then start memorizing. It'll keep your mind stayed on the Lord, you see. Get off the telephone. Hey, that'll help you a whole lot. And and don't use your kids as an, as an excuse. Well, I got to do this, I got to do that. Well, my kids and this, and this, and I got to do this, I got to do that. Uh, it, you know, your kids don't run your life. You're, God's supposed to be running your life. And so there's nothing wrong with activities and things like that. But don't overdo it where you can't do what God has called you to do. Okay? Let's stand. We're going to achieve some goals for 2009. We're going to achieve some. And you're going to sacrifice. And you're going to hurt if you achieve them. And I want people to join me. I want you to join, you know, in what we're doing because the elders are supposed to lead by example. That's what we're supposed to do. Lead by example. And so that's what I want you to, you to do. Follow me as I'm following the Lord. Okay? You're supposed to be temperate in all things. I don't care what it is, all things. Father, you've heard, you've heard, Father, me put forth that which you put in my heart for the, today. Father, we're asking, Father, for the people to feel the grace, Lord. Not just to know that the grace is there, but to feel the grace, Lord. The wind behind their back, Lord. Pushing them forward for their goal for 2000. And nine, Lord, whatever that goal is, I don't care whether it's for their children, whether it goes for their loved one, whether it's a goal for their marriage, whether it's a goal for their finances, a goal for their job, I don't care what it is, Lord, you have standards in the word of God for that. And that's good, Lord. Lord, we're asking for them to feel that grace as they get before you and as they uh, pray for at least five minutes a day or uh, for three days a week for their uh, for themselves, for their loved ones, and for, for the things that I asked them to do as they are memorizing scripture, one scripture per month, Lord. Uh, Father, we didn't put burdens on people that they can't carry. We don't want to be like the Pharisees, Lord. We put light burdens on them because your, your yoke is easy. The burdens is light, Lord. But we know it's going to take sacrifice and pain for them to achieve these things, Lord. It's not going to just happen. They're not going to all, all, all of a sudden change their habit where they, they are spending time. They're getting up in the morning spending time with you, Lord, or spending time with you before they go to bed. It's not going to come easy because Satan doesn't want us spending time because he doesn't want us living the word of God out. He doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want people to get healed. He doesn't want people to get saved. He doesn't want people to come to the, to the church and, and, and say, how can I be saved? He don't want us on a job being an example before people, that people will see our example, that we don't, we don't talk like they talk. We don't do the things they do. And they'll come to us and say, will you help me? We need to be light, Lord. We need to be salt, Lord. And it starts with, on, in the spiritual realm, Lord. In the spiritual realm. Let's take our minds off the natural. That's easy. On a spiritual realm, that's the hard thing. There's anyone here today that you said, my journey needs to start now. I have not given my life to Jesus Christ. Today is a day because I don't want to be in the kingdom of darkness. If God takes me away from here before next week, I won't have a chance. I don't want to be in anywhere else except with the Lord in heaven. That's all the place I want to be. If that's you, raise your hand and we'll pray for you. Anybody? Okay.
Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If there's anyone here who want to rededicate your life, we're here to pray for you. Because God wants you on a straight and narrow path, not on a wide path where everybody's going that way. If anybody's here like that, raise your hand and we'll want to pray for you. If anyone here that says, you know, pray for me because I need to be able to accept and tolerate, to tolerate pain. I need to tolerate pain. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. But I'll do it because I know it's God. Would a prayer team come up? The prayer team will pray for you because I know that it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to change. If you're here today and you say, you know, I'm born again, I'm walking fine, but I need, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The people here will pray for infilling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus would not let the disciples leave until they were in and do with power from on high. And even though we've been filled once, Jesus says in Ephesians that be being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's, and that's what does it mean, be being filled. Because we leak. The world drains it out of us. I thank you for the people, Lord. Wonderful people. They are the bride of Christ. I thank you, Lord. Father, may we succeed. If we have nothing more than these three things, we can succeed with those three things, even though we need all 12. We can succeed with that because you'll give us the rest of them. We're going to start today. We're going to start sacrificing. We're going to start hurting because we want to be successful. Because Jesus hurt and he sacrificed. We want to be like our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Um, just keep the announcements um, in mind, the pounding party for Jessica Williams, which is next Sunday. Um, speak with next Saturday. Speak with uh, Miss Gloria. And also, if you're not a part of a home group, please be sure to look at the list and attend. I will make one correction. Uh, Virgil Moore and Jerry Gibson's home group is at 7 o'clock on Fridays. Um, so not 6.30, but 7 o'clock. And if you desire any prayer, please come up. The prayer team will love to pray with you. Um, yes, Jerry, I think it is this Friday. <laughs> we do have home group this Friday. And just a, a blessing, just reread what Pastor Taylor went over. Um, want to bless thee in the city, bless you in the field, bless your fruit of your body, bless the ground and the fruit of the cattle, uh, increase thy kind, um, bless the basket in thy store, bless thy when thy coming, bless, the, bless thee in thy going out, or may the Lord smite thy enemies. May the Lord bless the storehouse and all that is in it. 
Um, the Lord establish thee a holy people unto himself and bless thee. Go in peace. Amen.